Real Talk with Chuck and Pam. We are back this week. Took a little week off. Not a whole lot was going on. Just a, maybe one or two movies coming out last week. So we decided to just meet this week and chat about a few that are coming out. Yeah. You needed a break from me, right? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, it's just, a, you know, you and I, Truth I think, be told. But you and I have always been very honest with each other. So, yeah, we're just, yeah. you know, okay. It's good. So, yeah, it's don't good. spill that coffee. I will not. Okay, because that's going to, Need a little yeah. caffeine. Yeah, co- yeah, pay I'm drinking coffee on a 90 degree day. There you go. Yeah, they asked me, iced coffee? I'm like, no. Give waste, me my oh, hot waste coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, we're back. Um, summer movie season is kind of starting. It's kind of starting. I don't think we're quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, uh, Memorial Day weekend has been uh, considered the start of the movie season. Uh, but next week, uh, Fast 9 starts, uh, starts, and I think that would probably be the official start. Right. Uh, so we'll talk about that uh, next week. Uh, I'm not looking forward to it. I am. I ha- Okay, and we're going to talk about this a little bit. I have fun, with the exception of the last Fast and Furious movie, I guess, which was number eight, or maybe they have different names for them, I don't remember. Um, that one I didn't like as much, but most of them I like, and one of the things I love about it is I always, I have this cute little red convertible, two-seater, six-shift, <laughs> six-speed, that I drive to and from the movie theater, and I do drive too fast in it, and I have a lot of fun in it, especially after I see the movie. <clears throat> do you drive furiously? No, just fast. So the Pat, I'm not angry. So the, so the Pam Powell would be fast and fun. That fast would be and your fun. franchise. That's right. <laughs> yeah, kinda, I think you're onto something. I'm a mad caplark. That's right. There I'm just are. gonna. I'm gonna go shopping and go have lunch. Fast, <laughs> fast, fast and fun. fun. Spokane. <laughs> fast and fun. Taos. Yeah. Who knows where we are? I come. like it's, it. Yeah. Yeah. Call, Hollywood. Call. We've got all the good ideas here. You know, speaking of call, and I was checking my phone Mm because we had a little break and looking at, you know, 75 emails because I know the world will break if I don't look at my emails. And I said something about, I long for the days of a corded rotary telephone. Why? Because I wasn't attached to well, I was kind of attached to it literally, but I didn't have access to it all the time. And I I could actually focus on something else. I mean, truly focus on one thing at a time. When is the last time you totally focused for more than 10 minutes on one thing? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd be hard pressed to to come up with something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. And that reminded me of, and I know you're not watching this because I know it's not your cup of tea, uh-huh. but I wish you would get lo- give Loki a try. Okay. The new uh, like Marvel Middleton. series yeah. uh, on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, and he is have he always has fun. Hiddleston he always has fun in this role. It's tailor made for him. I, it's odd to think that when this all began, he had initially uh, auditioned for Thor. No. Yeah, yeah, he had initially auditioned for that role, and they were looking at him like, no. <laughs> but we got something else that might work, and right. of course, it all worked out well. And, it sure uh, did. <laughs> this, you know, th- it's really neat because the whole theme of Loki is the the uh, the concept of predestination and free will because it all has to do with time travel okay. there's this agency oh, like there's this agency who's in charge of time and we're all supposed to be on a single timeline but every once in a while somebody does something that deviates from that timeline and then it can throw everything out of whack well, that sounds and good. this agency is in charge of making sure that that does not happen Owen Wilson is okay. the agent who's 
in charge of the case that we're dealing with. And of course, Loki is always screwing around with things, including time, and that's how he comes to their attention. But the office, huh. the office where this whole time thing is, yeah. is retro, and they have those dial phones oh, there. Okay. And they have like the first generation computers there. It's really cool what they're doing as far as the production design is concerned, because uh, it's just because, you know, it deals with time. Right. And we're going into the future, and then we're going back and forth, all these different things from different eras are in this one area okay. where they're keeping track of time and everything that goes wrong. Uh, it's really clever. It was, is really clever. Wasn't there a movie about the something bureaucracy? Yes. Right? Is it kind of like that? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, what was the name of that? Matt Damon. Yeah. And Emily Blunt. Adjustment? The Adjustment, Adjustment Bureau. Bureau. Yes. The Adjustment Bureau and also Anthony Mackie. Yes. And they were kind of like time agents or angels. Yes. And yeah, if something goes wrong, we've got to fix that. Yeah, very much yeah. Uh, in keeping with that. Oh, I might take a look at that. Give it a shot. I will. And you know, it's kind of interesting. You know, we are film quit critics. Quidditch. We are, we are film ah. critics. <laughs> we are film you critics. West, we critic you. <laughs> um, but I think television and the series are really kind of blurring the lines between, you know, film and television. And Loki is one of them. Another uh, series that I have been turned on to is Physical and Trying. Physical stars Rose Byrne and Rory And these Scoble. are both on Apple, right? They are. Okay. They are. And um, Physical takes place back in the 1980s, the era that I grew up in. And what a scary Are there any era. pictures of you? <laughs> like in the Olivia Newton-John, seeing as how we're talking about Physical, right, the Olivia right. Newton-John outfit and the headband. Is there any picture there has they, now let me rephrase that how many pictures are there of you <laughs> in outfits like this there none none like that i did go to a an aerobics class and it was in this old gym at northwestern and it was like dilapidated no mirrors or anything and then they built this gorgeous new gym and they transferred all of us over there for the aerobics class, and I saw what I looked like. Oh, <laughs> I that can't. was that. Oh, I, I quit. I walked out of the class. I'm like, I have zero rhythm. I, I thought I was looking pretty good doing this, and I was not. So I quit that class. So the Rose Byrne character, though, in physical, she doesn't quit. Doesn't it become like an yeah. a, a obsession or lifestyle for her, this whole and, thing? And more. It becomes a way of life for her and a way of saving her family. Hmm, um, she's She's really hard on herself. It's really it's an interesting concept because she's, I mean, look at Roseburn. She's this skinny little toothpick. Sure, nothing to her. Um, and she has this image in her head that she's this fat cow. And she's really hard on herself. And then she goes on these binges. She, like, takes money out of her banking account. And they have, like, 50 bucks in there. And she goes to a drive through to get a double cheeseburger and fries and a milkshake and then snarfs it down. She gets a hotel so that she can go eat it in privacy and no one will know about it. Um, she's she's got a, a mental illness when it comes to her, her perception and her yeah. yeah, and and some of the stuff that um, we hear her inner voice. That's the cool thing about this and her inner voice. I challenge all of you women that are listening to this to watch this this show, and not identify with how she sabotages herself and her image and her success 
based on how she looks. Um, women, I think, especially in my age group sure. and growing sure. up with Twiggy and, and those mm-hmm. models and, and Vogue and, and Vanity Fair, those were tough to compete with. Right. And you couldn't because they weren't real. Yeah, right. Um, and you, but you didn't know that. No, no, yeah. not then. You figured so, but, it was but, attainable. attainable but right. Yeah. But that stays with you. And we were talking sure. a little bit about that kind of image. And I was like, oh, my God, I feel fat. But I know I'm not fat. Right. And anybody who is heavy would be like, oh, my God, you're disgusting for saying that. Um, so it's it's all this wrestling about image and success and how other people perceive well, you and, and how you perceive yourself. I was going to say, we're, we are our own worst enemy. Oh, absolutely. Always. Yep. So, this t- sound, I, I have always liked her. This sounds interesting. Sounds I, like there's much more here than I thought. Yeah, I, there really is. It's very dark. I haven't finished it yet, but our good friend Jeffrey York, who is an amazing film critic, watched the whole series and he said, wait till you see the end. It is so dark and twisted, you would never expect it. One of the best endings ever, he said. Hmm. I trust him. Hmm. Okay, now i got to watch it. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. And then you- the... You're going to spill your coffee. I am not going to spill my spill coffee. that coffee. Okay. When you hear the screech, you'll know that I was right and it's, the coffee it's, has been spilled it's pretty in freaking her lap. Hot. It's, yeah, I can tell. I can tell. Um, but yeah, the other one is trying, and that's with Ray Spall. And, is um, that the uh, Pam Powell story? As it is not. You are I'm trying. trying mo- I'm trying your patience. Yeah. Oh, that's doing, what yeah. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> Check that out on Apple TV. Also, uh, highly recommend that one. Very. About f- a couple trying to have a baby. Correct? Yeah, and they can't, and they end up going down the adoption road, and. Um, it's surprisingly funny, but heartfelt at the same time. Really well written and acted. Great series. Two series to, to check out. Three series, including Loki. Loki? Loki. Loki. Loki, yeah. Loki? No, Loki. Loki, <laughs> you're killing me. Hey, you know, speaking of adoptions and orphans, mm-hmm. uh, the movie out that I, I know, I know for a fact, is not getting the press that it deserves, uh, not being advertised the way it deserves, uh, and it's one that I know that you and I uh, both really, really like. Twelve right. Mighty Orphans. Twelve Mighty Orphans takes place in 1938 during the Great Depression in Texas near Fort Worth. Um, there's a home for boys or a home for kids. It's an orphanage, uh, the Masonic Home, and it is run by kind of like an evil, evil headmaster From, or warden. Yeah, yeah, right out of a, D- a Dickens novel Yeah, almost. right? Yeah. It's a little too over-the-top evil in the uh, beginning. A little bit, yeah. Anyway, um, there's a, an older gentleman who is the doctor there, uh, Doc Hall, played by Martin Sheen, and he summons this very upbeat, positive, very successful football coach from Temple, uh, the town of Temple, I believe, in Pennsylvania, because he is a high school coach. He brings his family very begrudgingly down to this very barren dust bowl of an area um, to become basically a father figure, teacher, and football coach, and they have no football program. Yeah, Owen Wilson, or Luke Wilson. Luke Wilson, yeah, Mm. Luke Wilson is in this one, and he plays Rusty Russell. Um, in this, in the very beginning, I got to say, it felt kind of hokey. There was a narration by Martin Sheen, and it was a little too over-the-top kitschy for me. Um, but it quickly kind of dampens that and becomes this incredible story. It's an underdog story. It's a Cinderella story. And we've seen this story before. It's about a football team who a bunch of underdogs and misfits that come together but what makes us different is each of those boys' stories. I'm going to cry telling you oh, the story. Oh, yeah, you know, it's... It is, uh, it is beautiful how they find family in one another. It, ah. it's, it's a movie that sneaks up on you. It does, doesn't it? Because you're right. I, you know, I'm watching this, and I'm like, yeah, okay, I've seen this. 
yeah, this is boys' town with football. Right. I mean, this is you know you're not going to really, but but I'll be darned. Uh, the uh, I'm not familiar with this director. His name is Ty Roberts, and one of the things I loved about the film is are uh, the production mm-hmm. values. I mean, you really do get that feel that yeah. you're back in the late '30s. It's just spot on with the clothes and the uh, the cars, the bill app. Everything is just there. And what I didn't realize, and this is a, I, I love movies like this that make me them curious to go do more research. Yeah. Apparently, this team of 12 boys, and get a load of this, they're playing both sides of the ball. There are only 12 <laughs> people on the team, so they got to play offense and defense. Apparently, they became known across the country, even to the point where President Roosevelt right. is following what's going on. And that certainly seems hokey, too. But right. apparently, from what I've read... It happened. It happened. Right. He knew what was happening with this team and all their ups and downs. And, you know, the Sheen character, Dr. Hall, says, you know, it was what... And this sounds hokey, but it's true. It's what everyone needed at that point, this right. whole sense of... Uh, the, the the disenfranchised, mm-hmm. the as you say, the underdog. The the these boys have lost everything, and you can't help but root for them. Right. You just can't help but root for them, man. And it seems as though the whole country was. Right. Uh, just a fascinating story. It really is, and all of these boys have different demons to deal with. Yes. Um, especially the the young boy, um, Hard, Hardy Brown, played by oh. Jake Walker. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, what a traumatic event he has happen in his life, and ends up at this this orphanage. But we also <laughs> learned that Rusty has also had a pretty traumatic background. I we really did, liked that. I, and we had, and then I, I was thinking, this is PG thirteen. Why is this not? Not, you know, just PG. Right. And I think it's because we have these flashbacks back to World War One, right. and Rusty suffers from PTSD. Of course, that's something that's not we didn't known know back what in that the was. day. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we see some pretty horrific scenes of what he has had to deal with, plus some other issues that we learn about later on right. in the movie. Yeah. Wonderfully done movie. Oh my goodness! And and please go see this in the theater. Right. Support these kind of movies because these are worth going to see in the theater. And stick around for the credits because oh 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 is oh. right. You see yeah, the we, we real find characters out, you and find what, out what happened, happened to, to them all and of what them. wonderful yeah. stories they all have. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and once you find out what happened to all of them, it just reiterates what they talk about throughout the film. As far as if you've got someone who believes in you, if you've got if you believe in yourself, and again, I know it's hokey as hell, but there's truth to it. There really is. There's truth to it, and and you see it here. Uh, I don't know if it's playing in many theaters, 12 Mighty Orphans, but I know that you can find it at home. So oh, you can? You can, yeah. Okay. Uh, on Video On Demand and other services, type it in your search engine, uh, whatever TV service you have, 12 Mighty Orphans. Spend the seven or eight bucks. I guarantee you. And this is like a family movie. You said it that, is. you know, uh, my kids would like it and everything. Yeah. And, and I, I think they would have had they been home. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but it's one I would, and I don't often say this because I have no time, but I'd sit through it again. It, oh, I definitely would too. I would take someone to go see it. Yeah, and come and on, I, let's go. I would recommend yeah. going to the theater to see it so that you can totally unplug from everything around right. you and focus on this movie because this is a beautiful story. Yeah, really liked it. And this is why I like this job. These yeah. things, these unexpected things that come out of the blue, that aren't hyped to death, right. that aren't, you know what this is, and it's going to be the same old, same old, really liked 12 Mighty Orphans. Well, and this was the last movie. It was like, okay, what else are we going to review this week on, on TV? And like, I, I said, you know, I'm going to watch 12 Mighty Orphans, and I kept telling, calling it 12 Angry Men. And uh, <laughs> then you said you morphed it into 12 Angry Orphans. Right. Um, <laughs> and they are. And they are. And they oh, they are. Every, every right to be or- Absolutely. angry. Absolutely. Um, so uh, 
Where was I going with that? I have no idea. I have no idea. Was, but go I, see it in the theater. If, if it's playing in theaters, yep. yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, as far as angry is concerned, mm-hmm. there's a movie coming out this week. Okay. That pissed me off. <laughs> oh, do tell. All do the tell. way. Do tell. Yeah. Pissed me all the way off. And I always love that phrase. Pissed me I'm thinking, all the way off? Yeah, I'm part thinking, way? Yeah, what, what is it? Going to get you halfway piss? or a quarter? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My dad just said, pissed me all the way off. Well, I've this one did that. that. You never heard that? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. A completely... Most sequels are not needed. Right. This one, this one definitely did not need to be made. Uh, I was not a big fan of the Hitman's Bodyguard, uh, which came out two, three years ago. Ryan Reynolds plays this Hitman or this bodyguard named Bryce, and he had to protect this Hitman named Darius, played by Samuel L. Jackson. And gosh, I guess it was just so goddamn witty and well put together, and made enough money that they had to do it again. So we throw in Salma Hayek in the mix, and she was in the first one. She She always had kind of a cameo, but now she is the focus here now he has to protect her why does he have to protect her i don't remember i can't remember either i mean is there a reason it was so glossed oh, oh, over oh, oh, because they kidnapped darius and she was gonna go oh, in to save that's him right. and they she had to thinks that him. he said to go get, get bryce right. and he yeah. said whatever you do don't get yeah, bryce. It, it was that yeah it was that cursory narrative thing the Bullshit excuse needed to blow stuff up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you've right. sworn three times in this movie review so far. Keep going. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I'm just warming You're up. You're just pissed. I am pissed because you know what? I, I missed going to the movies. I missed it. Mm-hmm. And I missed the spectacle of it. I missed uh, sitting in a, a film uh, on, on, on an opening night where it's jam-packed and you can feel that electricity mm-hmm. that everyone's anticipating. I missed all those things. And then this film reminded me of everything I did not miss about going to the movies. A movie that is repetitious, mm-hmm. a movie that is not imaginative in any way, shape, or form, a movie in which everyone is just coasting through this thing. There's not one original thing in it, and it's done with no imagination whatsoever. And, I don't know, maybe I'm older and so I'm thinking about waste. (laughs) Thinking about waste a bit more often. But I'm thinking of all the millions of dollars that were spent on this piece of shit. Wow. Piece of shit Seven and counting. Okay. Well, we're going to go review this on uh, TV in about a half hour. So i got to get all this out now. Uh, We don't want the FCC coming after WCIA because I have a little meltdown uh, on air. Uh, But this is everything that's wrong with Hollywood. In my opinion. And of course, again, I'm probably wrong. I'm sure many will flock to it and it will be a hit and we'll have to do a third one and then I'll just have to consider quitting this job. <laughs> you know, I didn't mind the movie as much as you and did. And I can't understand that. And, and th- I had a few issues with it as well. Yeah, it's repetitive. It's predictable. It's, it's just this same old, same old. But this was only my second movie that I'd seen in the theater since the pandemic. And I think there was something about that magic that you're talking about. And it was um, up in the upstairs, the VIP section of, of the AMC. No, it was at the uh, Roosevelt. Icon. Yeah. And yeah, and uh, I saw a bunch of other critics who I love and haven't seen in, in forever. It has nothing to do with the movie. 
It doesn't, but it just charged me <laughs> with this positive with feeling of, and energy. And I like Ryan Reynolds. I know, yes, he. we talked same about this before. It's the same thing. snarky stuff over and over again. I like his snarky stuff. I think he is adorable. I enjoy that. I also liked Morgan Freeman in this movie, who has a role that is quite unexpected. Is he sick? Oh, I don't know. Okay. Did you notice his speech patterns? I figured I think you would denture. notice his speech it's, It seemed like his denture. There's something wrong. Um, he wasn't slurring, but it was There's not articulating. I think he, he had a bad denture. I think that uh, that's no excuse on a multi-million dollar movie. Someone I think he could afford to get better dentures. Well, someone should have caught that and said, hey, wait, Morgan, you need to let's go fix this. That, yeah. One of the reasons we hire you is your voice. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I, I, I would agree with you. There was something off with that and I, all I could think of is that's a bad denture. I was afraid or, maybe he's so old that it's getting, we're getting towards the end. I hope not. I hope not either, but yeah. I, you know, he is up there. He is up there. Okay. So I didn't mind it as much. I didn't like the fact that the first one was brutally violent, but it was a little bit more cartoony. This one was a little too realistic and, and in our day and age, and we've talked about this with other movies and being, you know, with gun violence and all the mass shootings is this the kind of movie that we should be making? So exactly. I struggle with that. Exactly. This makes it seem okay. Makes it seem fun. Yeah. Oh, it's fun. It's not fun. There were parts that to me were fun. <laughs> when they were talking. You I know, was... just when I think I got you figured out. I know. I know. I just like to throw throw a little wrench into your whole little system there. Morgan Freeman's 84, by the way. Is he? Yes. Okay. All right. He's still spry. For 84, he looks good. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. All right, so enough of that one. Enough of that one. No. You <laughs> saw else? a movie I didn't see. Yeah. About a fish boy? Yes, he is a sea monster. And the name um, of it is? Luca. Luca. And it takes place. Luca, he's a sea monster? Luca is a sea monster. So he's a fish. Luca's a fish? He is a sea monster. So I wouldn't it's, it's call just, him a see, fish this reminds me of the Godfather thing where Luca Brazzi sleeps with the fishes. Oh, yeah. Maybe maybe he came back to life as this little boy named Luca. Um <laughs> Anyway, he this little boy Luca wants to explore the world. He wants to see what's outside. He's a little he's not a sheep herder, but he herds these fish that are like sheep. It's it's adorable. This is an what, adorable what is this movie. On? Is this on Disney, Disney? Plus? Yep, yeah, Disney okay. Plus. Um and he wants to know what else is out there in the world and he goes above to the to the surface of the of the sea and Oh my goodness, he sees other things and he wants to explore, but his parents are like, never, ever, ever do you want to go the, up there. Jim the Gaffigan ma- is the dad and Maya Rudolph is the is the mom. Uh, are the makers of Little Mermaid going to sue? I know, right? Oh, but it's all Disney, right? So <laughs> it it's is the same all thing. good. It sounds really familiar. It, it does. Is there a singing crab? Um, no, there's no singing at all in this oh, movie. Okay. Well, and what happens is this little boy, or this little fish boy, sea Luca. monster, Luca, goes to the surface and all of a sudden he turns into a little boy kind of like Pinocchio he's Uh-oh. a real boy now he meets this other little boy and together these two boys establish a friendship and it's there yes you have is a the other sir? little boy just a regular little boy or no, is he a he fish is boy no he's also too? a fish boy he is also a but fish he's... boy but they need to hide that so they befriend this other little girl and she is hellbent on completing and competing in this race and then of course there's a bad guy that you know is going to thwart their progress another question is sir? he is he a, is she a fish girl no she is not a fish girl this she is, is actually is... she is actually the daughter of this big brawny neptuny looking guy who, I don't remember his name, <laughs> who is a sea monster hunter. 
Oh. So they don't understand that sea monsters are really not bad people. Well, there's an interesting relationship that occurs between Luca and this other little boy. And then we've got this third little little kid, a girl, and the triangle that occurs with that is an interesting relationship dynamic. Um, they are judging one another based on their looks. Aha. Uh-huh. So and so this, this the is moral of the story is okay. don't judge a book by its cover. Or a fish boy by or a his fish boy by scales. Yes, like yes. That. There might be something more to the story. <laughs> and there, you know what? There was one golden little gem in this that I really enjoyed. And um, I believe it was the grandmother that said, go and explore. Some people will accept you. Some people want, won't. And just go to the people that are going to accept you. And I think that's true with any differences sure. that we have. Um, and we aren't going to be accepted by everybody. So it's a nice little lesson. This is a kid's movie. I was expecting more. I think this is a Pixar movie. I was expecting oh, okay. a little bit more adult humor and content. Because it was Pixar? Because it was Pixar. My yeah. my levels are like way up here for pe- Pixar. Disney, I'm down a little bit lower on that. Sure, and I yeah. expect it to be a kid's movie. This is a typical Disney movie. Um, kids are going to enjoy it. Parents will be okay with it. It's not a movie that I could go and watch again. Okay. So on Disney? On Disney Plus. Okay. Beginning Friday. All right. And then you saw one that I didn't. I took one for the team. I'm waiting for my thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I took one for the team. Uh, you know, we we were searching for what to review this week, and we always try to find good stuff. Uh, so I said, well, I'm going to watch this movie called The Birthday Cake. Uh, one of the only saving graces about The Birthday Cake is it's only 83 minutes. Yeah, it's good. This is good. Yep. And that's what made me watch it. I'm like, oh, 83 minutes. How bad could it be? Was it that bad? It's like half a movie. Okay, what's it's like it about? half a movie. It's about some mobsters. Okay. okay. Uh, this one uh, mobster is killed. Okay. Ten years prior. And we see his son, uh, Gio. And every year, all the other mobsters in the area, led by Val Kilmer of all people, uh, gather on the <laughs> night of, on the anniversary of the guy's death to celebrate him. Okay. And Gio's mom, the mobster's widow, yeah. always bakes a birthday cake. Okay. And it's his job to bring the cake to this uh, remembrance. Okay. And we go from there. Uh, Ewan McGregor is on hand as well, which Ooh. surprised me. Okay. <clears throat> he is the area priest. Oh. Because, yes, I think Obi-Wan Kenobi, Catholic priest. Um, <clears throat> and he narrates the show, okay. uh, letting us know everything that Gio is feeling uh, and all that good stuff. Well, one of Gio's friends is missing. His good buddy, who's been with him for years, has gone missing. And they're not quite sure why or where he is, but they have their suspicions. Because there have been some police officers and FBI agents seen in the area. One of them being one of your favorites, Aldous Hodge. Oh. He has one scene. Aw. Yeah. Uh, So they're (laughs) thinking, well, did Gio's buddy sing like a canary? Mm -hmm. Did they rat everybody out? Where is this guy? Where is this guy? What's going on with this guy? Yeah. Uh, So Gio gets to the party, and there's a lot of suspicion because, you know, they're thinking maybe Gio dropped a dime on everybody, too. And, you know, what are we doing? And then we got Val Kilmer. Poor Val Kilmer. What is he doing in this? He's doing this. We know that he's had some health problems. Okay. Apparently his health problems are much worse than... Is he tricked? He's tricked. Oh, my gosh. He's tricked. 
to the point to where they subtitle every piece of dialogue that he says. Okay. But, uh, yeah, this is his first role in I don't know how long. So he, wow. Uh, and I hate to say it, that was the thing I focused on. Sure. Uh, because of that, but also, I mean, the story just isn't all that engaging. Well, it, it, as you're describing it, I'm like, this sounds like it was a very slow movie that nothing really happened. It, it, it spins its wheels. Yeah. It spins its wheels, and I swear to you, I don't know if I missed something, but I can't... I, it was like certain key things weren't explained. Hmm. It's like an underdone cake. Mm-hmm. You've got the outside to look great, but in, this, in the middle, it's not it's done. Look. It's gooey. And I forgot to mention, Lorraine Bracco plays Gio's oh. mom. Okay. Yeah, like her too. Yeah. Um, Who wrote and directed this? Uh, Jimmy Giannopoulos. Really? That's what I said. <laughs> Jimmy Giannopoulos. Uh, it's his first time. And uh, writer was Diomedes Raul Bermendez. And I'm not making that up. I couldn't even make that no, up. No, you couldn't. Here's what I'm thinking. <laughs> Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. I'm thinking everyone in this cast, which also includes William Fitcher, great uh, mm-hmm. uh, character actor, and another one of my great favorite character actors, Luis Guzman. Oh, I like him. He's got a great scene as a cab driver. Okay. I think that all these people are indebted to the mob in some way. <laughs> So they had to help Jimmy make yeah, his movie. Jimmy. Mike, Jimmy wants to make a movie. You're in it, you're in it, you're in it. That's right. I think that's what happened. <laughs> or else they were going to get more than a birthday cake. That's okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, so the birthday cake, it comes out this Friday on the video on demand. Okay. Do not demand it. Do not <laughs> demand not it, to see it. Let it go on by. Okay. And this is the party you need to miss. <laughs> Was there anything else that came out this week, or was that it? You know, there were other things that came out that I guess just didn't spark our interest. Yeah. You know, you know, you and I, I think we're in the same boat. You know, we will get the way this works for us is that we'll get <clears throat> emails and invitations to request screeners for movies, uh, and it seems as though I think you and I do this. We'll request a screener because oh, that sounds good. Uh, and it's a movie that's going to come out in three weeks, and it's like, oh, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. And then once it's time to watch it, it's like, why did I request that I know. screener? Yeah. What was I thinking on this one? Uh, and I think there were there were a couple like that this week. I'm trying to figure out, find who, what they were. Uh, but, yeah, it just... I'm glad, though, that we uh, did the whole 12 Mighty Orphans thing. I am, too. And, that, uh, and that's thanks to Allied Media for sending a reminder that it comes out this Friday in the Chicago area. Otherwise, I would have forgotten about it. And I, you know what we did forget about? What? One that we watched a little bit of and huh? we both didn't like that comes out this week. What? Wow, you, we need to check you in someplace. I know. What? The Sparks Brothers? Oh, f- Oh, f- yeah, you saved yourself. F- yeah. yeah, I saved myself. <laughs> Um, yeah, I saved myself two hours and 15, 20 minutes by not watching that whole thing. Documentary about a duo of musicians called the Sparks Brothers, who apparently are real people, and they have a cult following. And I guess we're old and under a rock, because I never heard of these well, guys. And, and that's our era. We should have known about that. I'm wondering if it's because, you know, we're in America. What do you mean? They're from California. Oh, that's true. That's, they are from California. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But but they seem to have a big impact on English artists. Well, everyone thought that they were from England. Right, and right. they were just like California guys, born and raised yeah. there, which was a novelty in and of itself. Um, yeah, bizarre, bizarre brothers. But to me, they're they're kind of an experimental type of music. Well, and, and I mean... 
Their story didn't appeal to me. I didn't really see where the story was going. I lasted about 45 minutes, and then I me started fast-forwarding through to see what happens, what happens. Nothing really happens, and that's the end. That is the end. Well, you know, the one thing that they do keep saying in this movie hmm. uh, is that uh, they were ahead of their time. And I could see that. I could see that they, uh, they were doing some punk-type things, some avant-garde things that were, were ahead of their time. They were, mean, they I'll, were, I'll give them that. They were stunt musicians. That's a great way of saying it. They yeah. were stunt musicians. And people like Todd Rundgren yes. were like big fans and, and supports for them. Um, who else was a, it was just, there was a, a ton of musicians that we know that were influenced by them, yet the story just didn't appeal to me. So I would say skip that one. So we've got two keepers. Do we have two keepers this month or this week as far as movies to see? 12 Mighty Orphans and do we have a second? Luca's Decent for kids Luca's to watch. Luca's Decent, yeah. So we'll go with that. Yeah, we'll go with that. So have fun at the movies. We'll save you a seat next time we're there. Yeah, and you need to go more often. Yes, I do. To a real movie. I do. Not just with critics. Right. Okay. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Slowly right. but surely. I've had both shots. I'm I'm fully vaccinated. Or as the guy at Farm and Fleet said, have you had, um, are you vaccinated? And I said, yeah. And he goes, in both arms. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I did chuckle. I did. I had to chuckle, and I said, yes, I got both shots. Both arms. And he was dead serious? <laughs> totally, totally. Sounds like Farm and Fleet to me. <laughs> I love I love Farm and Fleet, one of my favorite places. Anyway, have a great weekend, everybody. Um, I hope we were able to steer you in the right direction for video on demand as well as going to the movie theater, and we'll save you a seat.